Tuning in to the 474th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you be listening, I thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be a Spotify, iTunes, the Triple Podcast, Google Podcast, Air Radio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the new usual. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Going to have Ben Karen on host of the Sports Walker Podcast to do a 2420. Our top 20 predictions for the 2022 NFL season. But before we get to that, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, I have everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to, folks. It is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at NightTrain underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two five-minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything, because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And get up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. and have Ben Cameron on the show. Get up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a father, a son, a man of many chess games, one who could have been a grand master, maybe in a second life, a teacher, an educator, a school psychologist, father to Granger, Seattle Seahawks fan, Aggies fan, Vermont former resident, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Crawler Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me tonight. So we're going to do a 20 for 20, top 20 predictions for the 2022 NFL season. Ben, how crazy did you get? I would say I got progressively more crazy here as, as we went, uh, as we go deeper into the list. Okay. How crazy do you think I got? Oh, I, I, I think you got irresponsible. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Ben. Uh, I think my list is pretty tame for the most part. It's pretty tame. Uh, not, nothing too outlandish, I think. Uh, but I guess we'll have to be the, you'll have to be the judge on that. Hey, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that you show some level of responsibility out here. I mean, these listeners, they want credibility. That is true, but I'm always credible. I'm always unbiased, uh, unmoved. You know, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I try to be solid, stay solid. 
Like, you've never thought... I would would second that for the most part, you know. What's the craziest take you've ever heard come out of my mouth? Uh, Justin Herbert is special. (laughs) How high do you think he's going to be on my top 40 quarterbacks? Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if you had him top five. (laughs) He's going to be in the... (laughs) Would you be shocked if he was number one? You would? I'd be a little bit disappointed, yeah. I don't, I don't think the uh, general public uh, as a whole would, would be in agreement with that. Would you agree that the general public consensus has Herbert in the top eight? It's a good question. I, I, I would say a good number of people probably do, but probably not a consensus. I don't know. The, but I, I would say if you were to ask the average NFL fan... Most they would have Herbert at least in their top twelve. I think if you were to ask people in the NFL media, he'd be eight to nine, and he was number forty on the players list. I don't think you would find many people who would say he's not in the top fifteen like you. I think you would be in the minority in that. Yeah, the players list was a little bit outrageous. <laughs> well, I agree with that. I mean, I think he's Herbert's amazing. So, top twenty predictions for the NFL season. I will let you start first, Ben. All right. Well, you know, I'm in a good mood tonight, and I'm going to start things off on a positive note. The Detroit Lions will double their win total from last year. Mind you, they were 3-13-1 last year, and I believe that they'll be the most improved team in the NFL. And the reason why I say this is I look around. Lions have got some good things going for them, Daryl. I think Dan Campbell is a little bit better than people expect. Jared Goff, with the right kind of support, can get to the Super Bowl. He's not going to this coming year, but we've seen it with the Rams. I think the Lions have slightly better weapons than people give them credit for, and I I like their offensive line quite a bit as well. So I think Detroit's going to sneak up on some people and uh, show a lot of improvement. Yeah, you know, it is interesting. Dan Campbell, uh, we were doing uh, coaches and how I rank coaches. Dan Campbell, would he be a guy who we can consider elite at being a leader of men? I say yes. And I know it's probably surprising um, to some, but, but, but I'm on board with that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Dan Campbell's a guy I was looking at as I was doing the list, and I was like, if there is one thing that I know Dan Campbell is as good as any coach in the NFL at, I know he's a leader of men. And I know those guys respect him, and I know they'll play for him. That is one thing I do know. <laughs> that That is absolutely one thing. I love it. He's like doing up-downs with the guys. Uh, I just love everything about Dan Campbell. Uh, I, I think he's really building something special in Detroit. So that is a very good prediction for you, Ben. Uh, so for me at number 20... Cardinals will miss the playoffs. Listen, I'm concerned with what's going on with Arizona. First, obviously, the end of the season wasn't good. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler struggled again uh, late in the regular season. Then that snowballed into the playoffs where they got utterly uh, embarrassed by the L.A. Rams on Monday Night Football, that playoff game. Kyler looked like he didn't know what the hell was going on. Cliff looked just outclassed by Sean McVay. That team looked completely dazed, confused, didn't know what to do. They were unprepared uh, and just got ramrodded and embarrassed. And then you go to the offseason. There's the whole Kyler Murray ghosting 
the Cardinals very petulant, and then you get into the cult contract situation where it's like he doesn't watch film, which is kind of crazy when you're going to give him hundreds of millions of dollars. And I also think when we look at Arizona, right, uh, I don't think their offensive line is that great. Uh, I think it's one of the worst in the NFL. I don't think their defensive line is all that great. They have J.J. Watt, but J.J. Watt hasn't played like a full season and who knows how long so I think they're relying on a 34 year old to anchor it and besides him they don't have much there they still need more out of Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins those guys have not produced what they need to do and I think their secondary is yeah it's okay I think the only position where you look at them and you're like they're really solid is obviously on the perimeter with guys like Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins Zach Ertz but uh, Zach Ertz has had injury issues in the past. DeAndre Hopkins, due to PEDs, that's another issue that's going on. And that's all the chaos. He's going to be out for the first six games. And we know the Cardinals struggle and Kyler struggles when he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So it's, And then, Mar- and then uh, Marquise uh, Brown, who they just got to be another weapon, then he's gets arrested for speeding. So it was just a lot of chaos with all that, the weakness in the trenches, some of the top guys with health issues. Uh I just don't like this team, and I think they're going to be a six or seven win team, and they're going to be one of those teams that's very disappointing. And the only reason I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired for this season is because they just signed him to a new contract, which is stupid again. Yeah. Well, as much as it pains me to say this, I I would go ahead and agree with you on that take. Um, I too many things uh, that are happening with the Cardinals right now that I just don't like. Uh, you know, and you certainly hear a lot about it, uh, especially um, in my situation being from this area. Um, I think Marquise Brown's a little overrated. I think J.J. Watt's a little old. Kyler Murray, not really sure if he loves football. Cliff Kingsbury, not really sure if he's a leader or man. I mean, we, there are a lot of concerns just across the board for the Cardinals. So I think I'd actually co-sign on this with you right now. Number 19 for me, um, a guy I really like who's coming into the NFL, and that would be Brees Hall from Iowa State. And I predict that Brees Hall will win Rookie of the Year and be a top five rusher in the NFL this season. And just to clarify, I I think he's probably going to rush for over 1,000 yards. Jets, not looking like they're going to be a very great team this year, but I think Brees Hall is going to add some excitement to New York. Um, I think he's going to be able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Zach Wilson. Um, and I think he's going to make things interesting. I just, I, I, I think he can do a lot of things really well, and I think he's going to showcase his talents in uh, the Big Apple. Were you sold on Brees Hall at Iowa State? I was. I mean, I think he looks different than the other running backs. Um, you know, he's just he's very versatile. Like I said, he can do a lot of things well. So um, he's not, you know, the power guy that Derrick Henry is. But um, I think he's going to have a big year. So for me at number 19, I'm going to go with Zeke Elliott is going to get benched for Tony Pollard uh, during this year. And... Here's my reason with this. So Zeke Elliott, uh, his best year in the NFL was that 2016 year uh, where he's like a league MVP candidate. 
was one of the best running backs in the NFL. You could argue that year he was the best running back in the NFL, and he's deteriorated. He's gotten worse and worse and worse. There's one, one scandal, one off-the-field issue after another. Uh, just barely eclipsed 1,000 yards last year. He was at 4.2 yards per carry, which isn't great. And then you get to Tony Pollard, and as they're splitting carries in the backfield, he's at 5.5 yards a carry. It's like a yard per difference. Like, that's a massive gap. I also think, like I said, Zeke is getting a little bit older. I think Tony's a little bit younger. And I think at some point, McCarthy and these guys are going to look around and uh, Callum Moore, and they're just going to be like, Pollard's our best guy. Our backup's our best guy. And the only reason Ezekiel Elliott is starting over him is because his name is Ezekiel Elliott. It's not because of anything he's actually done on the field. Actually, a great segue uh, for me at number 18. Matt Eberflus will get fired at the end of this season. Uh, wouldn't shock me if the Bears went 0-17. Wouldn't predict it necessarily, but it wouldn't shock me. I think things are going to be very controversial. They're going to be very bad. We're just going to see a lot of chaos. The offensive line can't block. Uh, their only receiver is, I think, Darnell Mooney, and he's like a number two masquerading as a number one. Cole Komet hasn't been the same guy at the tight end position that they would have hoped when they drafted him. Uh, Montgomery's okay in the backfield. 
I, I don't trust their offensive creativity at the coordinator spot, the defense. Couple of decent guys, young guys in the secondary. Kyler Gordon is a guy they got from Washington. I know they like him, but it's like, okay, you're relying on a few rookies. Like, that's never a good thing when you're like, we're relying on like our second and third round pick to save us. Okay, that's a you know what show waiting to happen. Uh, Roquan Smith, their best player, doesn't want to be there, and that seems like a toxic situation. Obviously, like you said, Packers, Vikings. Lions, all better. They're in the AFC North. They will be playing the AFC East. And I'm telling you, when they play the Buffalo Bills, it will get ugly. The New England Patriots, they don't have an offensive coordinator, but the Patriots will beat them. Also, uh, the Dolphins will beat them. The new improved Dolphins. I think the Jets will beat them. They're looking at a team. It's going to be very, very ugly. And I don't think, and I do not think Matt Eberflus is going to be able to survive. And I also think part of this is Defensive coordinators, defensive minds being head coaches, uh, the cycle for them, there's not as much leeway to grow. I think if you're an offensive guy, I think people are a little bit more patient. Defensive guy, kind of like your guy Steve Wilkes in Arizona, Ben, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. I think the, the stick is shorter for the defensive guy. Well, I think he's being set up to fail in some regards, too. I mean... You look around, I don't think Chicago's favored to probably win any game on their schedule this year. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, so it, it's going to it's gonna be ugly for the Bears. Sorry, Bears fans. Um, well, I guess uh, no reason for me to apologize. I'll probably be with you, Bears fan, <laughs> Seahawks fan. We had, we're starting Geno Smith. I mean, <laughs> talk about ugly. Um, anyways, number 17, um... Tampa Bay will win the division, but it will be ugly. Um, and I do believe, also believe, um, kind of a two-in-one prediction here, that Tom Brady's finally going to start falling off that cliff due to age a little bit. Um, he, you know, he's like 45 years old now. Um, a lot of injuries with a lot of the offensive stars, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um you know, Russell Gage, Julio Jones is aged, Leonard Fournette's trying to lose weight. Um, they're just in a bad place right now um, with the offense. I believe they have a left tackle that got injured, possibly. Um, and jump in here on, on that piece if you know more about that. But it's, it's, it's just going to be rough, I think. I think Tom Brady will work with what he's got and they'll make the playoffs, but I think he's probably going to get hit more this year. It's going to be a rougher year, and I don't have a whole lot of faith in Todd Bowles as a head coach, Daryl. We've seen that before um, with, with the Jets, and uh, I don't think it's a real great situation for him to step into. Uh, so, Bucks will win the division, but it's going to be ugly in the process. Yeah, I would agree with you when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, Ryan Jensen, their starting center, uh, he's hurt. Uh, they've lost some depth at the tackle position. It's it, Tampa Bay, I think, is poised for a tad bit of a regression, so I definitely get what you're saying there. So for me, at number 17, the Eagles will win 12 games and sweep the NFC East. Ben, I am high on the Eagles. Now, first, let's state this. Their la the last eight games for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, they went... They won six out of their last eight games. Uh, this year, they're loaded, Ben. Top three offensive line in the NFL. Uh, 
their weapons. You go Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. That's really good. Miles Sanders, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who I also like back up at the running back position. They're going to be able to run the ball. Jalen Hurts, uh, not the best thrower in the world, but he can run the football. I think he's one of the three best running quarterbacks in the NFL. You look at their defensive line, they rotate. They're eight deep. You got guys like Jordan Davis on there who are going to be monsters. Fletcher Cox, Hassan Riddick, all those guys. Linebacker position, Nicobe Dean just coming off a national championship at Georgia. At the corner spots, they got Slay, uh, Darius Slay. They also have uh, Bradbury. Uh, big corners. I mean, they're really the only position that you look at on defense. You're like, oh, what do they have as a safety? Other than that, they're good. And I think Nick Sirianni, he's a pretty decent head coach. I don't think he's a bad head coach. He was lear- He learned and he uh, was taught under the coaching tree of uh, Duck Peterson and Frank Wright. I think he knows what he's doing. And I think the Eagles are going to be a very, very good, solid, fundamentally sound football team. And they're going to win a lot of games. I believe that they'll be fundamentally solid. Once we start talking about them winning 12 games and sweeping the NFC East, you, know, you kind of lost me on that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not ready to sign up for that. I, I think it's going to be intriguing. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about whether Jalen Hurts is a starter in the NFL long term. I think we're going to learn some things about Nick Sirianni, Devontae Adams. Um, you know, or not Devontae Adams, uh, Devontae Smith. I talking about um and i think that um you know we're going to learn about these guys we're going to see what they've got um i i think that they'll do well i think they'll contend for a playoff spot but i'm not ready to say they're going to sweep through the the east um and win 12 games that's, that's a little crazy to me number 16 the new england patriots will be a bottom five offense in the nfl Not surprising, but it is likely. Yet again, for what now seems like the third or fourth year in a row, they don't have any wide receivers that can separate. They don't seem to have any elite offensive weaponry. And Mac Jones, who is a second-year quarterback, who a lot of people said, hey, the ceiling for him is not that high, is now under the tutelage of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Neither one of these guys have much offensive coordinator experience. Um, And and this is just like one of those science experiments that you don't even want to see the results of because you already know it's going to be very bad. Um, It's going to be a rough season for New England Patriots fans. I think the the Patriots as a whole um, aren't going to be very good. They might be able to beat the Jets, but, you know... Some houses are different than others, and some have pretty big basements. And in the AFC East, there's probably enough room in the basement for the Patriots and the Jets. So for me at number 16, the Kansas City Chiefs will hardly miss Tyreek Hill. I know my personal opinion is Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the NFL. It's either him or Jamar Chase for me. Uh... Even without Tyreek Hill, I think business will be as usual. Uh, 
with the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offense won't skip a beat. They still have McCall Hardman. I think he's going to handle more responsibilities in terms of being that deep threat, that speed guy, the guy they use for motion in the backfield. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, nice, solid pickup, can kind of be that possession receiver in the middle of the field. And then you have Sky Moore, uh, who they got out of Western Michigan in the draft. He's going to be a really good slot, really quick feet, good route runner. Uh, good acceleration, good hands. I think he's going to fit in well. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who's still the best tight end in the NFL. So you have four weapons right there. Their offensive line, uh, fantastic. Top five, top six offensive line in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. Uh, Tyreek Hill's gone, but they will still be scoring 30 points a game. Kansas City is stocked up. I think they've got more than enough talent to kind of offset the loss of Fiery Kill. So I, I am I am fully uh, invested in that prediction too. I think that's a great, very good prediction. Um, this one coming up for me at number fifteen is not one you're going to agree with, Daryl. I have uh, Daniel Jones will be out as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants by the end of the season. Oh God. Why? Because he got hurt? Because they're off the line is awful and they got a concussed again? They're just, they're done with him. I think, I think this is his last dance. I, I think Dable wants to bring in his own guy, have, have a say in who he selects as a quarterback. I mean, and, and I, who could blame him? You know, his job will eventually ride on that uh, to some degree. Cause if you don't have the right quarterback, you're not winning many games. Um, I don't think Daniel Jones is especially good. Um, I don't think he's had great opportunities in New York, but at this point, Daryl, I've seen enough of him. I don't see special there. And when you're not a special quarterback in the NFL, when you're not one of those six six to seven guys, uh, teams are going to keep looking for ways to replace you eventually. And I think his time's going to be up. Ben, 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 Ben. So, for me at number 15, the Tennessee Titans will miss the playoffs. Uh, so, so, Tennessee, they made the playoffs the last three straight years with Tannehill and Variable. Uh, I think the Colts are actually going to win the division. I think the Colts are uh, up and coming. I do not think two teams from the South, the AFC South, will uh, make the AFC playoffs. So I think it will be the division winner. Uh Tennessee, very young secondary, guys like Caleb Farley in there at, at the corner position, where I think all their corners were either drafted in this year's draft or last year's draft, so a lot of youth there. Uh, Tannehill, I have been a Tannehill defender. He is a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. I think it's crazy if you say otherwise, but he, and I think he's a solid starting quarterback in the NFL, but even with that, uh, it did not end well last year in the playoffs. He didn't play well. I also think there is a little bit of trauma there. I think the fans kind of want him out of town. I think they are looking uh, maybe for somebody else in Malik Willis. Uh, in terms of their weapons, uh, they have Trey Burks, uh, Traylon Burks instead of A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's a massively better player than Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, uh, he has some talent, but the deal with him is he can't really separate. And I think he had a little bit of a weight problem, and he's a little out of shape. I, he's not anything close to uh, A.J. Brown. He's not going to give him that production. Robert Woods is their other receiver. He's coming off an ACL that ended his season with the Rams. Uh, so there's really not a lot to work with. And then Derrick Henry, we get to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry 
is fantastic. In my opinion, he's either the first or second best running back in the NFL. But here's the issue with Derrick Henry. He missed half of last season, and he is getting up in age as a running back, and soon he will fall off the cliff. It is not realistic to expect Derrick Henry oh, he's going to play 17 games every year and he's going to rush for 2,000 yards. That is not normal. This guy is 28. That will not continue to keep happening. Now, I don't know if this is the year where it happens, but it will be happening soon, and I do think we will see a decrease. So with all that combined, uh, and the fact that the Colts are good, and I don't think the Titans will be a bad football team. I think they'll be 8-9 wins hovering around 500. They won't fall off a cliff because they're too well coached. They're too fundamentally sound, but... Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, and particularly how loaded the AFC is. Yeah, I I, I think they're a bubble team. They're, I think they're a team that might make it. Um, I would agree with what you're saying about Derrick Henry. Um, and just to add on to that, we know he takes a lot of hits. You know, he's not shying away from contact. He's running people over, um, and, and I, that eventually will take its toll on you. Uh, I would. Tell you, I think you're you're wrong about Traylon Burks. Um, I watched him play at Arkansas. I, I see special there. Uh, not overnight. I don't think he's going to be better than AJ Brown next year. He's not going to be a number one receiver this year. <laughs> no, yeah, I would agree with you there. But I think in time uh, he will be. So you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I, good prediction there. Um, number fourteen. Um, Devontae Adams will be a perfect fit in Las Vegas and will lead the league in receiving this season. Daryl, we know that Devontae Adams already played with Derek Carr before in college. Uh, the students seem to really like each other. You take you take that um, franchise, and Derek Carr has been really um, the only piece here that's been stable. And now you're going to give him a star-wide receiver. You're going to give him an offensive-minded head coach. And he's got other weapons, too. But it, it's going to be hard for teams to double Devontae Adams all season with Waller, uh, with Josh Jacobs, with some of these other threats the Raiders have. Um, and, and I just think long-term, Devontae is going to be Carr's go-to guy. I think there's going to be a connection there. And uh, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, and I, I think Devontae's going to have a monster season. So for me in number 14, the Lions will beat one or two really good teams this year. Uh, the Lions and the Lions will become the toughest out in the NFL. I do not think the Lions will make the playoffs. I don't think they'll necessarily be anywhere near the playoffs. But they will be a team you do not want to play. They will be that team that will just clip a good team one day and will be like, what the hell happened? I'm worried about them playing my Buffalo Bills because here's what I will tell you. Under Dan Campbell, they are tough, they are physical, and they will not be afraid. And they will they will crack and claw, and they will be in every single football game they're in. I don't know how many of those games they'll win, but they will be in it. Uh, their offensive line is top three. They're going to be able to run the ball and assert their will, play ball control, uh, really run out the clock. I'm not a huge Jared Goff guy. Everybody knows that, but he can manage a game. He won't win you a game, but he won't lose you a game. That's one thing Jared Goff will do, <laughs> right? So I, I think that also bodes well for them. 
they have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who's young and up and coming. The same with Jamison Williams out of Alabama as he gets back uh, recovering from his ACL, TJ Hawkerson. So that they have some dudes on the offensive side of the ball in terms of their weaponry. Uh, like I said, DeAndre Swift, that running back. Uh, and then the offensive line, particularly the offensive line. And then Aiden Hutchinson as he develops and he becomes a really good guy. Because I think Aiden Hutchinson has all the potential in the world to be a Pro Bowl, All-Pro guy. So they will be tough. And whether it's they play the Eagles, uh, who I think, obviously I've already said, I think are going to be pretty good. People are high on the Cowboys. Uh, they're they're going to play the Bills. They're also going to play the Vikings. I'll tell you. They're beating one of those four teams I just named, and they might beat two. And if you really disrespect Dan Campbell, the Lions, they might just beat three. Just saying, watch out for the Lions. If you disrespect and you don't take the Lions seriously, you will have an L. Just saying. Number 13 for me is Tua Tagovailoa will solidify himself as the starter in Miami despite narrowly missing the playoffs this season. I think he set up Daryl to be successful. Miami now has plenty of weapons. They, they were the ones that went out. They got Tyreek Hill, big-time wide receiver for, for Tua Tagovailoa to throw the ball to. Miami's got lots of other pieces on the offense as well. They switched over to an offensive-minded head coach. I like a lot of things that they've done. And... I think, in my opinion, they're kind of like a like a Tennessee Titans type team that's on the bubble. They'll probably end up missing the playoffs. But I I I, I believe kind of like what you were saying with the Lions. I think Miami could be a top out for some teams. I think they're going to beat a couple good teams this year too. So um, I think Tua will definitely do enough to uh, to continue to be a starter moving forward. So for me at number 13, Jamar's Chase, there will be no sophomore slump. It's just going to get better and better from here. There are some people who don't think Jamar Chase is a top five wide receiver. The people on Madden didn't have him in the top 10. My good friend Silas thinks Devontae Adams is better than Jamar Chase, which I just think is one of the most asinine things I've ever heard. Uh, Some people are like, oh, Jamar Chase hasn't proved it yet. He's only a rookie. Listen. I don't need to see him play for three seasons to know that he's one of the best wide receivers in football. He is the best wide receiver in football. It's either him or Tyreek Hill. I don't need to see him do things like, oh, you need to prove yourself. No, he already proved himself when I saw him giving people two pieces and burning people repeatedly and repeatedly as Cincinnati Bengals went to the playoffs. So I know what Jamar Chase is, and I think he's going to take it up to an even higher level. We're like, oh, wow, maybe this guy is just the best wide receiver in football. Silas that I thought, in my my estimation, he's the best wide receiver I've seen since Randy Boss. And I'm sticking with it. I am in on Jamar Chase. Number 12, Baker Mayfield will start all 16 games for the Carolina Panthers this season and will upset his old team in week one. Daryl Baker Mayfield might not be a star, but he is a guy that that's consistent. He's a, he's a guy that's gonna gonna come and compete every week. Um, 
I think he I I think he's gonna be highly motivated week one. I think the Panthers can pull that off. Christian McCaffrey will be healthy. Um, and, and I just I, I don't think he's the long term answer for the Panthers. But I I think he's just gonna go full throttle this season. I, I I think he's upset about what happened with the Browns and he's gonna make the most of this second opportunity that he's been given. Yeah, I think Baker will definitely have success in Carolina. So for me at number 12, Ben, I know you won't like this, but uh, Mike McCarthy's going to get fired. <laughs> Listen, we all know Jerry Jones is eyeing Sean Payton. Obviously, Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys when Bill Parcells was the head coach there. Uh, there is an evacuation with Sean Payton. There's been an evacuation with Sean Payton for about the last 10 years. If there's any team that has the money, clout, and prestige to get Sean Payton back in the NFL, that would be the Dallas Cowboys. I do not think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a great season. Uh, I think their offensive line is still one of the five or seven best offensive lines in the NFL, but it's getting older. Uh, Tyron Smith is getting older. He has injury issues. Same with Zach Martin. Also, like I just said with Zeke, I think Zeke is deteriorating. He's been deteriorating every single year. Uh, they do have weapons. They have great receivers, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, also, uh, Dalton Schultz, their tight end, is a top 10 tight end in the league. Uh, in terms of their defense, their defense concerns me. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence... He has not been healthy, and he kind of has not been looking the same. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think he's more of a flash in the pan than a guy who's a consistently an elite receiver. I don't think he's an elite receiver, actually. I think he had 11 interceptions last year. There's no way he's having 11 interceptions again. That's statistically an anomaly. Uh, if he's having, if he's going to start having 10-plus interception seasons every year, then that then you might, we might as well just send him to Canton. I don't think he's that guy. I think also interceptions are a bit of luck. As much as they are with skill, it's about 50-50, even though he has amazing ball skills for a DB. Uh, but that's just not going to keep happening. Uh, their safeties aren't that great. Yes, they signed Anthony Barr. I think he will be a good addition. But they also have guys like Jacoby Cox and Damian Clark. They have all these linebackers that I like that are kind of athletic, but they really don't use them in the way that I personally would use them. The defensive line, they also lost um, Randy Gregory as well to Denver. Uh, so that even hurts their pass rush even more. They do have Micah Parsons, and I don't know what they're going to do with him because it's like he can do so many different things, and I think people are saying, oh, you want him to rush. Oh, you want him to cover. Oh, you want him just to be a linebacker and chase the ball. So I think there's going to be a lot there. So I think the Dallas Cowboys defense is kind of going to be a you-know-what you know show. And then there's also kind of the pressure, right? Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, you can't tell me that they're not trying to buy to be that coach. I mean, that is something. And when you kind of have that dissension in the ranks, things can get a little ugly. We saw what happened uh, when Jason Garrett was an offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys back when it was Wade Phillips as the head coach. And we saw how that ended. Um, so that's just how I see the Cowboys season going. Oh, more on that later. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, Ben, did I make a good case? Going to be a godsend for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to 
help Trevor Lawrence develop. I think he's going to provide stability for that organization. And, and I think uh, that's what Trevor's going to need in order, in order to start to blossom. Uh, when we look at Trevor Lawrence, though, we know he does a lot of things well. Big, physical quarterback. Just the kind of guy you'd like, Daryl. Um, big arm. <laughs> so I, 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 think, I think it's going to work out. I mean, obviously Jacksonville's not going in the playoffs this year. Um, but uh, they're definitely, I feel like they're moving in the right direction, and I think that's going to be the vibe uh, this season when it's all said and done. You make me sound so simple, Ben. Big arm, Daryl-like. Uh, so for me at number 11, I'm going to go with your guy again, Kyler. Uh, my prediction is that at the end of the year, he's going to request a trade. I think this season with the Cardinals is going to be so dysfunctional that I think he's just going to be like, I'm done. They're not a serious organization. I want to be out. And I will also say this. We know Kyler can be a fickle person. Also, even though he signed a new contract, let's not act like he still can't request a trade. We saw Deshaun Watson do it even before all of his allegations happened. Deshaun literally did the same thing. He signed uh, one of the richest contracts in NFL history with the Texans, and he's like, oh, by the way, I don't want to be here anymore. So if you guys think Kyler might not do the same, then you would be mistaken. Also, pertaining to how petulant he was when he wanted the contract, and he was ghosting them, scrubbing them off of Instagram, not talking to people. Uh, so with all of that, yeah, uh, I think Kyler will request a trade at the end of the season. That's really interesting. Where do you think he goes? Oof. That's a good question. Where could Kyler go? Uh, I think there'd be a few teams, uh. It also depends if the Cardinals acquiesce. Just because he requests a trade doesn't mean they have to say yes, Ben. Uh. AFC? Team in the AFC? I mean, possibly if things don't work out, him in New York, Zach Wilson. We just mentioned, you said uh, Daniel Jones doesn't work out. Brian Dable's like, I had Josh Allen, this big-armed, athletic QB. How about we try to get Kyler? There's a few places for Kyler. I mean, Kyler's a top-10 town. I mean, Kyler's a top-5 town, really. Like, there's not, like, five or six dudes in this league who you can just, like, say, oh, they're definitively more talented than Kyler, so everybody will always want Kyler. Right, unless you have another freak yourself at quarterback. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that unwinds. So we're going to prediction. I know it was a very bold prediction. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into our pantheon, our top ten. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, folks, $1,000. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. I know great deal, right? You should take it right now. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Great deal, again. Should take it, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. 
That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk with Celeb, Ben Karen with us for our top 20 predictions for the 2022 NFL season. And now it's time for our Pantheon, our top 10. So for me, Ben, for number 10, Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell are both going to be successes. I think Mike McDaniel, he comes from the Shanahan tree. You know what I think of Shanahan. You also know what I think of McVay. That's where Kevin O'Connell comes from. I think both these guys are young offensive minds that understood what their predecessors in both McVay and Shanahan did well, and I think are going to find a way to implement it with both Kirk Cousins and Tua Tagovailoa. I think we're going to see with Mike McDaniel, we're going to see the Shanahan run game. Uh, with Mike McDaniel, they're going to run the ball well. They're going to find play action with Tua. I think actually Tua is very comparable to Jimmy G in a lot of ways. I think he's actually a more talented version of Jimmy G in terms of just being accurate, decent feet, not the biggest arm, not the toughest in the pocket. I think they do a lot of same things. Similarly, actually, and then you look at Kevin O'Connell, I think he's going to do a good job of kind of reinvigorating that Vikings offense with Irvin Smith at tight end, uh, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all those guys. So I think both these guys are going to be two fantastic offensive minds. We shall see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're right about that. Uh, number 10 for me, something you've already talked about, the Colts, Darrell, will win the AFC South crown this year, and it will be in large part to Jonathan Taylor, who will lead the league in rushing yards. I think legitimately Jonathan Taylor is going to easily rush for more than 1,500 yards this season. That makes me happy because I'm going to draft him with the number one overall pick for our fantasy league. <laughs> I know. You've already, you've already you know, talked about that. so It should make you happy. I just think the Colts are, are, are set up this year. I think they're clearly the most talented team in the AFC South, and I think uh, Matt Ryan... And see, Matt Ryan's a guy, you always think I like the big arm guys. I like Matt Ryan more than Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan knows how to play the game. He's going to be solid. He's not going to have the highs and lows. So I do agree with you. Uh, The Colts will be a pretty good team this year. So for me at number nine, Zach Wilson will become a top 15 QB in the NFL. Now, in my outside the shop rankings, I did have him at 20. That was a bit of a projection. Uh, I do think at the end of the season, though, we're going to be saying he's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I think Zach Wilson has it all. Uh, Amazing feet. Very accurate in all areas of the field. Very good arm. Can throw sidearm. Has everything that you could possibly love in a quarterback. Uh, My only concern about Zach Wilson is actually his size and how he handles the physicality of the game. It's actually kind of similar to Kyler, how Kyler really struggles towards the end of the season. I think Zach Wilson could have some of those problems because Zach Wilson, he's such a small guy. But I do think with all the weapons 
that the Jets have gotten. Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, uh, uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, CJ Uzama, your guy for the Bengals last year. They have a lot of guys. And they have Matt LaFleur's younger brother uh, as the offensive coordinator and play caller. So if Zach Wilson's the guy, the offense should be good. And I think we're going to see the best of Zach Wilson this year. I think we're starting to get irresponsible here. Like, uh, almost like teenagers whose parents are gone for the weekend. I, 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 I can't stand with this one, Daryl. <laughs> I, I think if Zach Wilson's lucky, he might get another year. Um, but I think if he does, it's going to be because of Brees Hall um, taking a lot of the pressure off of him. Uh, but we will see. Number nine for me. The 49ers will look impressive during the regular season, but will again fall short in the playoffs due to injuries. There's one thing we know about the 49ers, Daryl. They have a lot of injuries. Debo Samuel, great player. His style of play gets injured a lot. George Kittle, same thing. Uh, They're amazing defensive front. They tend to have a lot of injuries, typically. Um, and I'm not sure that I completely trust Trey Lance. Uh, not in a big playoff game. So that is my prediction for the 49ers, and that will be familiar territory for your guy, Kyle Shanahan. So for me at number eight, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top 10 to 15 QB at the end of the year. Uh Trevor Lawrence was 22 on my uh, outside-the-shop QB rankings. Uh, the Jaguars, they've done everything to put uh, talent around Trevor Lawrence as well. Bringing in guys like Christian Kirk, one of your guys from Arizona. Uh, Doug Peterson, who's one of the better offensive minds in the NFL. Uh, I think in terms of Trevor Lawrence's size and build, he has some similarities to a Carson Wentz, which I think is an appealing thing for Doug Peterson. And I do think... Uh, Doug Peterson is going to get Trevor Lawrence to the point where he starts playing like how Carson Wentz was during that MVP season. So I think we're going to see a lot of a fully unlocked Trevor Lawrence, particularly with him getting better coaching uh, and not being in the cesspool that he was in with Urban Meyer. <laughs> it was a cesspool. I mean, it was not good. It was not a good look. Hey, it's hard for kids to be successful when mom and dad are doing coke on the kitchen counter all the time, right? It was a bad situation. <laughs> All right. Number eight for me, Daryl. I've got the antidote to your poison. Mike McCarthy will be retained by the Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas knows they've got the right guy as the head coach. Um, the guy that has that Super Bowl experience. I think he is a better coach the Cowboys than either Dan Quinn or Kevin Moore. I don't see those guys as really posing a significant threat to him at this point in time. Sean Payton, if they could get him, could pose a threat, but I really don't think Sean Payton wants to coach right now. So I think Mike McCarthy is in the clear, and I do think the Dallas Cowboys are going to play well enough uh, that he merits keeping his job. So for me at number seven, I'm going with Justin Herbert, who will, by the way, folks, in the future be one of Ben Karen's guys. Justin Herbert, he's going to lead the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. 
I think Justin Herbert is prolific. I think they're going to, with Brandon Staley, dive more into throwing the ball. They're probably going to throw more than they did last year. Uh, more screens to Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Uh, more, let's say, 4th and 20. Hey, Justin, save us. I think they're also going to be getting in a lot more shootouts with guys like Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes uh, from the other side of him as well. Oh, more on that coming up. Um, number seven, this will be Aaron Rodgers' penultimate season in the NFL, and the, his decline will be evident. Folks, we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers really wants to play football. I mean, he's literally out there drinking psychedelic tea, talking about magical experiences. I'm not making this up. This is this actually out there. Um, He's hosting Jeopardy. He's basically doing just about everything else uh, except focusing on why uh, the Green Bay Packers don't seem to be having a lot of success winning playoff games. Um, so with, with that being said, I think he is getting older. I think his mindset is already shifting towards other things he wants to do in life besides football. Um and I think it's going to be hard for him this year without Devontae Adams. I don't think he's ready to throw in the towel at the end of the year. I think he'll come back for one more after this year. But I think um, our days of seeing MVP Aaron are over. Oh, Ben, 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 Ben. So for me at number six, Matthew Stafford <clears throat> will miss games this season due, due to Elbow tendonitis. Uh, and I've told you this, Ben. This elbow stuff that's going on with Stafford, that scares me to death. Uh, to death. The fact that they're having to manage his throwing in camp and being like, hey, Matt, you can only throw it like 20 times. We're trying to ramp you up. Like, this is a pitcher. They're treating him like he's a pitcher. I think there will be some point during the season where they just rest him for three or four games. They're like, okay, Matt, you don't play. I also think the part that concerns me is this was an issue that was going on when Stafford went through that part of the season when he wasn't playing well and reports were coming out that he had an elbow issue then, right? And the fact is he's had a whole offseason. He's had all this rest and it's still an issue. So is this something he has to deal with for the rest of his life? Like, was it re-aggravated? Like, I don't know, but that all doesn't seem right to me. So Matthew Stafford, he will miss some games in the season due to elbow issues. That's interesting. I don't see that being nearly as big of a problem as you do, Daryl. I think the Rams are going to be just fine. I, I think John Horford could probably start about half the games and they, this season they'd still make the playoffs. <laughs> John Wolf. I, I, I'm just being honest with you. Ben, that's and like I, saying... <laughs> and that's not just a dig on Matthew Stafford because, you know, I, I think he's that you overrate him a bit. I think it's just, um, you know, more of an endorsement on Sean McVay um, on guys like Aaron Donald, guys like Cooper Cup. Um, I think these guys are just going to play well regardless. Uh, but I also don't think the, the, uh, the condition is uh, nearly as severe as you think it is. Then why are, then Ben, why are they, why, why are they like managing how many times he throws? Well, I mean, he's already taken a lot of reps with the first team. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about it. As long as as long as he can make thirty throws on Sunday afternoons, 
then we're good. But it's also like, this was an issue last year, so why is it still an issue? It, it may be a chronic condition, but obviously, uh, you know, didn't uh, hinder his ability to win a Super Bowl. You know, sometimes these issues get worse. I don't know. When you say your quarterback can't practice, like, you do need to practice, right? Like, I don't know. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. Number six for me, Deshaun Watson (laughs) will not work out with the Cleveland Browns. Daryl, Deshaun Watson may have not been convicted of any crime, but he has proven that he's a rather dysfunctional human being. And when a big personality, dysfunctional human being goes to play with a traditionally very uh, dysfunctional organization such as the Cleveland Browns, things don't end well. And I think that's where this is going to. Deshaun's going to have essentially missed about a year and a half of playing actual real football games uh, before he even comes back this season. Uh, and, and the Browns, just they have some question mark. I've never thought Amari Cooper is as good as everybody else seems to think he is. Deshaun's going to a dysfunctional franchise. He's, he's got fully guaranteed money. I think there's not a lot of motivation for him. Uh, I'm not sure how hard he's willing to work, even though he's very talented. So I, I just I, I don't see this ending well, Daryl. Not not in a division like the AFC North, where you have Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, who right now are all kind of humming along. So for me at number five, Rashawn Gary will win Defensive Player of the Year. I know a lot of people are talking about Miles Garrett. Some people are talking about Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, T.J. Watt going back-to-back Aaron Donald. But Rashawn Gary, I think the Packers' defense could be the best defense in the NFL this year. They are absolutely loaded. Rashawn Gary is a freaking monster. Uh, Can push the tackle back. Has a good power game in this pass rush. Has some bend around the edge. Is a monster in the run game. I think, and can play along every position in the defensive line. I think we're going to see, like, Rashawn Gary on full force. And he is going to be dominant this year for the Packers. I think a lot of people are, are undervaluing that defense. So that that's a very good prediction. You're going to like this one, Daryl. Number five, Buffalo will take down Kansas City convincingly in a playoff rematch, this time in Orchard Park. Parentheses, AFC Divisional Round. <laughs> I think Buffalo is upset about what happened last year in the postseason. I think fate is going to bring these two teams back together. I think Buffalo is going to have the home field advantage in the AFC this time around. And I do not think Patrick Mahomes is going to have an especially great day uh, in Orchard Park. For that matter, I'm, I'm not sure um, you know, if Brittany and Jackson are going to have a very great day yeah, I, in Orchard Park either. I mean, those <laughs> temperatures you were telling me about might put kind of a damper on their party. Well, I will tell you, Ben, if that 
game comes to fruition, I will be there for sure. Aha. So for me at number four, the Packers will go further in the playoffs than they did last year. So that Ben, I just want to make this clear, Ben, that doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. That doesn't even mean they're going to make it to a Super Bowl. All that means is they will go further than the divisional round. I think the Packers are going to have a top three defense in the NFL. They have all pros in every level of their secondary, the defensive line, linebacking core, and their secondary. Uh, Their offensive line is one of the five or six best offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, They have a very good running back duo with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Uh, Yes, the wide receivers are a tad bit sketchy. Uh, But from all accounts, Romeo Dobbs has been looking really good. I do think he's a young guy that can step up and be have a borderline 1,000-yard season. Sammy Watkins is okay. Slavan Lazard, he's a decent number three guy. So they'll find a way to mix and match and patch it up. I also think they'll be able to run the ball, right? So play action, that'll make things a little bit easier on the wide receivers. And Aaron Rodgers is still a top four or five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so that always helps. And Matt LaFleur is one of the best play callers in the NFL and a top 10, 12 coach. So, yeah, I think they're going to go further. Well, is that a shock, Ben? They've been to, I mean, LaFleur and Rodgers have been to three AFC champion, NFC Championship games, so is it a shocker that they'd be back in the NFC Championship game? I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Man, that's tough. Uh, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Do you want to see them back in the NFC Championship game? No, because I mean, I'm going to be out money to you if that happens. <laughs> that's why you're trying to this prediction you're trying to will it into existence here um all right number four justin herbert will show regression and the chargers will narrowly miss the playoffs not a popular prediction but i think this is 100 percent possible we know justin herbert can do some things but we also know he's being asked to do much his coach asked him to go for it on fourth down you know with an, on their own 27 yard line <laughs> um just putting a lot of he didn't learn that at john carroll then just saying well, well it, it was a poor decision i think <laughs> i think i think he might be on his way out after they missed the playoffs but that's a whole nother discussion um but I think you're going to see a little bit of a regression from Herbert. I mean, have really, uh, statistically, a really good season last year. I think it's going to be hard to continue to produce at that level. Um, AFC West is extremely hard. We know we know uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. You have a rejuvenated Denver Broncos team with Russell Wilson leading the pack. And then, then you have the Las Vegas Raiders that nobody can sleep on with uh, that potential Derek Carr. Devontae Adams connection. I just think it's gonna it's gonna be hard for Justin Herbert. He's gonna have to keep up in all these shootouts. I don't think he's going to be able to. I think we're gonna see him make some mistakes. Um, Decision making has always been something I've been a little bit concerned about for him. Um, so I, I just I see this going south for the Los Angeles Chargers and traditionally. Um, over the course of a long haul now, even you know before Justin Herbert came to town, this is who the Chargers have been. This is their identity. They are known to have 
really good rosters with a lot of talent and then come up short. And I think it happens again this year. So, for me, the San Francisco 49ers will win 12 to 13 games this year. And I know it may be shocking as they only won like 10 games last year. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. Trey Lance is in. And actually, in my opinion, even though I'm not the highest Jimmy G guy out there, Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. I had Jimmy Garoppolo like 25 or 26 in my quarterback rankings. I had Trey Lance like at 32. And I don't care. Trey Lance could not be able to throw the football. And I still think they'll win 12 to 13 games. The 49ers have one of... Actually, I'll say this. The four, everybody's talking about the Bills, and I'm a Bills fan, obviously. The Bills have the best roster in football. That is a lie. The San Francisco 49ers have the best roster in football from top to bottom. Offensive line, weapons, uh, running backs depth. Running back depth. They go four deep at the running back position. You look at the defense, defensive line, linebackers, safeties, secondary, corners, everything. Their worst position is corners, and their corners are just like average. There's like there's no position where they're just bad. As long as Trey Lance literally isn't like Sam Darnold and he's throwing four interceptions a game, that they will be in every single game. They have speed. They have physicality. They're as fast as any team. They're as physical as any team. They're going to be able to win a lot of different styles of football. And the one thing I think Trey Lance will do is he will unlock the Shanahan running back game, the running game further for Shanahan in the aspect of when the quarterback is running, that adds a extra blocker into the game. Uh, so that's going to make it easier for Trey to run. I also think it'll open up read options, zone read stuff, QB power stuff they couldn't do with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I do think their running game is going to be even better. I think they're going to be in a lot of situations. And then when they're on a third and one, third and two, maybe they're going for it on more fourth downs, fourth and one, where we can run it. Uh, so I think they're going to do that. They're going to control the football a lot of the time. All they're going to ask Trey Lance to do is not mess it up. It's like, hey. You give Granger the keys of the Ferrari. Granger, you know, just don't drink and drive. That's all we're asking you to do. It's not that hard. Just don't drink and drive. So, to me, it's almost impossible to mess up with Trey Lance has. Impossible. Yeah. I, I would agree with most of these points you're making. I just I worry for the 49ers that the injuries are going to add up. They seem to add up for them every year. I think if they're fully healthy heading into the playoffs, uh, sky's the limit, you know. But that's obviously a pretty big assumption based on their history. Number three for me, um, the Cincinnati Bengals will win the Super Bowl. I'm calling it. Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. Nobody's talking about Cincinnati. Everybody thought, hey, what happened last year? It was just an anomaly. It's not going to happen again. Silas called it fool's gold. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was, it's just gold. I don't think there's any you know, fools involved. Um, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, Daryl. And Jamar Chase... I, I think is a, um, a generational talent at the wide receiver position. Evan McPherson, I believe, is the best kicker in the league, or some people might have Justin Tucker ahead of him. But I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing there. I like their, um, their other offensive weapons, Joe Mixon, uh, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. They're just loaded offensively. Defensively, they're solid. They've got players. 
Um, and really, the, the one area of weakness for them was the offensive line. And they've gone out this offseason, and they've done the logical thing, and they've drastically improved that offensive line. And I think it's just going to make them uh, better than they already are. I don't think there's any anything fool's gold about these guys. I think they're they're going to be around for a while. So, and, and I, I I'm just throwing it out there. I think if they have to go to Orchard Park to win an AFC Championship game, I think it's close. But I think they find a way to do it. Okay, okay, Ben, and, and this is perfect right here because this segues into what I have next. The Cincinnati Bengals are not fool's gold. I'm here right here to tell all of you guys. At least they will be back in the AFC Championship game. I think everybody's talking about the Bills and Chiefs. Like the Bills and Chiefs are just on some collision course after that divisional round to the AFC Championship game. Is that fair for me to say that everybody's saying it's like the Bills and Chiefs on like this collision course? I think there's a lot of people that want to see it. They're locked in on Mahomes now. Yes. Uh, But I'm here to tell you. Cincinnati might just spoil the party again. In fact, I think they will. I think the Bills will have the number one seed in the AFC, so I do think the Bengals will beat the Chiefs uh, in the divisional round. Uh, I do think I would favor the Bills in Orchard Park against the Bengals, but that's not the purpose of this for the Bengals. Uh, What I do want to ask you this, Ben, would you be willing, if the Bills and Bengals play each other in the AFC Championship game, would you go to Buffalo to watch the game? You wouldn't. Would you go to Cincinnati? I would not, Daryl. <laughs> Got some weddings I'm trying to get through this year. And uh, honestly, I moved out to Arizona because I'm not a fan of the cold. Just wondering, just asking. But yeah, the Bengals, their roster, you mentioned it. The weapons, the improvement on the offensive line. Uh, their defense is severely underrated. Let's remember, they shut out the Chiefs. They only gave up three points, actually, to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Their defense is legit. Trey Hendrickson, top five defensive end in football. Zach Hubbard is a very good defensive end as well. DJ Reader, uh, BJ Hill, uh, very good uh, defensive tackles in the interior to stop the run. They push the pocket. Logan Wilson, he's a good cover linebacker. Eli Apple, uh, Mike Hilton. Like, they have some dudes. But, like, uh, their safeties are very good. Uh, with Bates, so I mean, they're very good, uh, and I think the Bengals will be back in the AFC Championship game, and they will have something to say about the Chiefs and Bills meeting in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, that was like a perfect segue. There's going to be be some great games, I think, this coming postseason. Number two for me. As much as this is going to pain me to say, Russell Wilson will be the league MVP and he will lead the Denver Broncos to a playoff berth. I'm not ready to say they'll take the division, but I I know what kind of dude Russell Wilson is. I know what he brings to a team. I I think that this is going to work out. I, I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to work out. Russell Wilson's going to come in. He's going to be able to get the most out of guys like Jerry Judy. Um, Melvin Gordon could be a factor. I, I just, I like where Denver's going. I think Denver's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. 
this feels a lot to me like when Peyton Manning uh, came to Denver. Okay. So for me at number one, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, this will be both their last years coaching. Uh, I think sometimes you never know when it's time until it's time. Uh, I think Bill's going to be looking around and be like, you know what? Steve, my son, I want you to be that coach. I think that's going to happen. I think this season is going to be one of the more frustrating seasons for Bill Belichick, probably in his coaching career. And it might be something that makes him look around and says, you know, maybe I want to do something else. Maybe he decides just to be the full-time GM for the Patriots. Kind of like how Brad Stevens stepped down from coaching uh, another Boston team, uh, New England area team, right, in Massachusetts. Uh, Brad Stevens stepped down and became the GM. The same happened with Red Auerbach. Stepped down from being the head coach, became the GM. Watch out for Bill Belichick doing that. He'll he'll be involved with the Patriots organization forever, but he promotes Steve. In terms of Pete Carroll, I mean, you say you want to rebuild till you actually have to rebuild. Some things sound better when you're talking about it, and then when you actually have to do it and go through it, you have a different feeling on it. You know what I mean, Ben? Yes. So I'm sure when Pete Carroll says, you know, we want to rebuild, we're going to do all this. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then you realize, oh, I'm 70 years old and like all these dudes suck. Geno Smith and Drew Locke are battling out for the QB position. You want to know what it was more fun when we had Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Martellus Bennett and Russell Wilson. You know, maybe I I might just take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. Obviously, if they do retire, both of these guys are probably heading to Canton, would be my opinion. I would agree with you. So, there, there could, there, I think there could be, you know, a lot of Hall of Famers leaving this year. Tom Brady could potentially, this could maybe be his last year. Um, number one for me, Dale... The Minnesota Vikings will make the NFC Championship game. I'm doing it. I'm going in. You know that I have been a big supporter of Kirk Cousins. And I just think this is going to work with Kevin O'Connell, Daryl. I I think Mike Zimmer and and Kirk Cousins never had a really great relationship. I think that helped Kirk Cousins and the offense back. But I'm looking around and I'm imagining a team where... Kevin O'Connell is able to unlock some of that talent on offense. They have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith. I think this could be one of the one of the best offenses in the league. I think this could rival uh, something like the greatest show on turf, potentially. Um, and I'm excited to see it unfold. And I don't think it'll be fool's gold if the Vikings are in the NFC Championship game. I think they've got the talent to get there, and I think they've got the motivation to be there. How good do you think they would be if they if you switched out Kirk Cousins for Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I, I, I like Kirk Cousins more than Aaron Rodgers right now. <laughs> you think Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron? Maybe not skill-wise, but I, I, I think his mindset is better heading into this season. I don't think Kirk Cousins is thinking about retirement and psychedelic tea and other things <laughs> that I focus on football. You're right, Kirk Cousins is... Well, Kirk Cousins was never fine. I, don't, I won't get into that. 
I was going to make a Vax joke, but I decided that that might be too rich, <laughs> too soon. Uh, what, what about uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 2014 Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, well, I mean, come on. That's... <laughs> I, I think most people would take 2014 Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that team would win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. Just wondering, just wondering. Okay. You got some good stuff to say about Rodgers. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, Ben. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And once again, I want to thank Ben for coming on this episode, the 474th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.